0: Anybody in here ever dealt with fear? If you haven't, come up. We'll give an altar call for
1: liars.
0: (laughs) One of the reasons I'm going to preach this this morning is because right now in America, Satan is using fear as a tactic. And I think you're aware of it. But I want you to understand that all of us are susceptible to fear you are you're susceptible to it you're not immune to it and all of us in here have at times become afraid Uh satan uses fear to control you without fear he can't control you now let's talk about politics a moment The United States government, and when I say the government, I'm talking about the people who say they're in government and really are not, they're just sitting in a chair, have decided to use fear to control this nation, and a lot of people are buying into it. And it's sad to watch even Christians become fearful. I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to die. And all of those things are fear tactics to make you do something you know you shouldn't be doing. Amen. Um I'm I'm personally tired of wearing a mask. I'm not the Lone Ranger. And and I think that I'm starting to see that Americans are wising up to the tactic. Mm -hmm. It was a ploy to control you. It's all that it was. Now, I'm going to say something some of y'all may not agree with me. I'm okay with it. It doesn't bother me. More people died of tuberculosis last year than the flu. But do you know why that didn't bother you? Because the news media didn't tell you about it. No more people died last year than normal. There was no pandemic. though no, there was a pandemic. People got sick. But no more than normal. But because of fear. Now, there's a lot of tactics going on. It's called lying. If Satan wants to control you, he's going to lie, and he's going to use fear. Now, you, Brother Hagan made a statement when we went to Ramah. He says, you don't have any more business with doubt and fear than you do dope. See, now I'm hoping that if I come to your house one day, I'll not walk in on you token on a number. <laughs> and say, what are you doing? Oh, we're just smoking a little reefer getting high over here. No, I really hope I don't see that. Right. Just me, I don't think I should. I don't think I will, but I shouldn't. <laughs> Why do the, we then tolerate fear, which is contraband to God? Yeah. We shouldn't. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to get in condemnation because you've actually been afraid. I've been afraid. I've actually yielded to fear, and I had to learn how to get it off me. So I want to talk to you this morning about how to keep fear off you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show you how to do it. You're going to need to know it. Yeah. Because everything that's going on in this nation right now, the control factor is fear. God, ha- There is no fear in God. Heaven is a faith heaven, not a fear heaven. No fear in heaven. And there's no fear in the kingdom, and there should be none in you. Amen. You should not be walking around going, oh, that scared me to death. Mm-hmm. Nothing scares me to death. That's amen. Right. amen. So go to Isaiah chapter 41. Say amen. This is going to be good. Amen. I want to talk about how to overcome fear and, and why we even get into it to begin with. Isaiah 41, 10. Fear not. I am with you. Be not dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Behold, all those who were incensed against you shall be ashamed and disgraced. They shall be as nothing. Those who strive with you shall perish. You shall see, seek them and not find them. Those who contend with you, Who war against you shall be as nothing, a non-existent thing. I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, and I will say to you, fear not, I will help you. Say, that's awesome. Okay, we're going to talk about the first statement, fear not, I am with you. Now, first of all, we're going to talk about unconditional love. We're going to talk about the fact that God said in Hebrews, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. If we're going to walk by faith, there has to be a foundation under us to stand on. It has to be more than just, uh, you know, uh, give me a scripture or two. Why is it that God's asking us, You do not have to be afraid. Why is it when Peter went in the jail that night and they were going to kill him the next day that he fell asleep? He was not afraid of dying and he was not afraid of what someone would do to him. Now can we live free from fear? Yes we can and yes we should. Now So right here, God starts off a statement, and he said, fear not, I'm with you. Now you're going to find this, and we're going to read this a little later in Romans 8. If God is for you, who could be against you? And I started off by talking about the fact that he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. One of the problems that we have in this earth and we all have it, we've all placed our faith in someone who let us down. Haven't we? We gave our heart to someone who broke it. We gave, we trusted someone who used it, and they walked. Now, one of the things is, when I started pastoring, they told me, they, you have been divorced, you can't, pastor. And God said, you've been divorced, and you can, pastor. I want you to understand, I completely understand what it's like to see someone walk out the door. Amen. All of us in this room have put our faith in people, but at no place in the Bible did he ever tell you to trust people. He said, I'll never leave you. Yeah. Now, one of the reasons people leave is selfishness. Well, other reasons that maybe you ran them off. Maybe you were ugly. I don't know. <laughs> now, think about this for a minute, because we've all had people walk, and we, you know, the, the job we had, they fired you, or the friends you had, they left. And we kind of want to think God is exactly like that, and He's not. He said. I'll never leave you. Here's the good news. He already knows what you're like. And he said, when it gets tough, I'm not leaving. So we can always turn to him if you can't turn to anybody else. So I want to talk to you about this right now. Let's talk about trusting God for a minute. Go to 1 John. You're going to hold your place here in Isaiah. Stick something in it. You're coming back. Go to 1 John. John. Chapter 4, verse 18. Well, let's read 17. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in the world. There is no fear in love. Perfect love. Cast out fear. Now, that means that the agape love of God is the answer to overcoming fear. All right, I'm going to... Because fear involves torment, and he who fears has not been made perfect in love, we love him because he first loved us. Now, I'm going to tell a story on myself. How many of you have ever attempted to walk in love, and failed. Come on. Okay. Let's start with the first words, love is patient. Get in your car and pull out on 441 in the morning. And get behind somebody who doesn't know they can turn right at a red light. And you're like... Or they're on the phone. And you're over there going, I'm about to blow the whole love walk right now and I haven't even gotten started with my day yet. (laughs) Now I'm going to say something to you because several years ago I realized that loving people was a commandment and that it was directly connected to me getting my prayers answered. I knew that if I'm going to get my prayers answered, I'm going to need to love people. So I started reading the love chapter, Love is Patient, Love is Kind. What happened to me is that after I started reading love, I noticed how bad I was. See, I didn't know how dirty my face was until I looked in a mirror. And then once I started studying love, I became worse. Not that I was worse, but I noticed I'm not doing very well. And the more I tried, I would actually say that I was able to maintain a decent love walk for about two days. And it would all fall apart. Hardly notice when someone does it wrong and and i begin and i and all of a sudden it dawned on me i will never get my prayers answered i'm going to get sick and just die because i can't get healed because faith works by love and i don't have any don't look at me in that tone of voice okay and and now i'm becoming discouraged and I mean, per, I'm thinking if I could get my love walk perfect, then, then I would have no fear, and I would have great faith. Mm-hmm. And, I could, and I just worked, and I worked, and I worked. And I became depressed. Mm-hmm. I thought, maybe I should be like a monk and just stay home in bed and never get out. <laughs> well, that's selfishness. Yeah. That's not love. Right. Amen. Amen. One day I'm reading this scripture, and it says, there is no fear in agape, and perfect agape drives out fear. And the Lord said, who is agape? I said, you are. He said, you're reading the scripture wrong. I said, well, how does it read? He said, Agape has been perfected among you in this that you'll have boldness in the day of judgment because as Jesus is right now, so are you in the world. There is no fear in my love for you. My perfect love for you drives out fear. He said, you're majoring on your love and I want you to major on mine. He said, I love you unconditionally, I placed no conditions on it. When he said that to me, it dawned on me that my faith is supposed to be in how much he loves me and not in my love walk. Are y'all out there, did you go home? You see, God's love for us, he did what he did Because he's good, not because we're good. So when I accept the fact that God's love for me, he placed no conditions on me to get it. He did it because he wanted to. All of a sudden now I'm going, oh, now I can pray. Are y'all out there? Say, God loves me. No conditions on it. All right. There is no fear when you have accepted the fact that God loves you unconditionally, it'll drive fear out of you. And you'll have none. Now, I want to read something I wrote You cannot give away what you have never received. I'm going to help you with something. Don't give in the offering from your credit card. That's not your money. Don't borrow money to give. What I'm trying to do is I was trying to love people without any love. How can I give away what I don't have? But once I begin to major on how much he loved me, If he loves me and he places no condition on it, can I love you with no condition? Yes. Because now I'm not giving you something. I'm giving you only what I have received. I have an abundance of it. I have a lot to give away. Now my love walk went where it needed to go. It went up. I started started actually liking people. Somebody said hallelujah, amen. I realize that I can't give away what I have not received. Unconditional love is not based on us, but it's based on Him. God does not love us based on what we do or who we are, except in Christ. So stop trying to earn love and receive it and enjoy it. Now we should wake up in the morning and the first thing out of your mouth would be, He loves me. Now that will help your day. God loves me. Now, let me stop for a minute and explain something to you. Lisa's mother for years passed out a track that said God loves you. Honestly, I never paid a lot of attention. nor I didn't even like her track. I thought, that's pretty lame, God loves you. Every person on this earth Wants to be loved. That is the reason we fall in love. It's the reason we get married. It's the reason we have friends. But if you're going to walk in love toward people who are very imperfect, you're going to have to get your love somewhere else. All right. Let me let me let me let me help you. Do you know why I love Lisa? Because I chose to. God has supplied all of my needs. Lisa is a human. There is no way Lisa can meet all of my needs. And I don't even try to get her to do it. I love her for what she gives. I love her for what she does. But I don't despise what she's not. And so I live to give to her even if it never came back. Amen. Say, that would, that would make a good marriage. Yeah, it would. It does. That's
1: true.
0: Let's talk about marriage for a minute. Let's get off on this for a second. Why, ladies, are you chewing him out because he didn't take the trash out? He just got through spending 40 to 50 hours making a paycheck, making a house payment, keeping you under air condition, mowed the grass, we'd eat the yard, and now you're ticked over the trash can. Don't shout me down. You know how easy it is? Do you know how easy it is to find fault? Why don't you find the good? Men... You have a woman who's been home cleaning. And by the way, housewife is work. If you're in the business world, it's fine. Cleaning the house all day, taking care of the kids all day, cooking for you, washing your clothes, and you come home and dinner's late a few minutes, lighten up a little bit. There's a whole lot more good there than than bad and it doesn't take anybody real deep to find the fault. Now one of the reasons you don't like people is you don't even like you. And you're hard on yourself because you're demanding perfection thinking that would cause God to love you. Wrong. He loves you period. You got that one down. He already loves you even though you're a mess. Are y'all getting this? Now that's the root of loving. But you can't give it away if you've never received it. And at some point in your life, you're going to have to open up your Bible and go, He loves me. I'm important to Him. He sees value in me. Now, let me let me back up a minute and tell you I'm gonna preach on grace this morning. I'm preaching on grace. I I preach a lot on truth. Yeah. And I'm a little concerned that maybe I'm preaching truth so much that I'm not balancing out with how much with enough grace. The Bible says grace and truth came through Jesus, not truth and truth. Mm-hmm. Now, some preachers it's grace and grace. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's just all grace. Yeah. That isn't helping you. But on my end, I preached truth maybe a little much. And I realized that I'm going to have to come back and fix this because you're not going to live right until you understand who you are and how much God actually really loves you. Now, the world we live in today has a big question. If God is good, why is there so much bad in the earth? They think it's the big question. It's not a big, it's a little question. Because God gave you dominion. Uh And you're the one screwing your life up. And he'll help you if you'll ask him. And he'll help you if you seek him. But many don't. And then we want to blame God for your mess. Thank you for your... Everybody you know who's broke wouldn't be if they sought God. But they don't... Maybe what they need to hear is, do you know God loves you? I mean, you don't have a long time to talk to Him. Maybe just, did you know that God loves you as a person? When I got born again, I walked into a crusade. I had no interest in God. I was afraid of God. I mean, everything I heard from Christians, you don't want to mess with Him. He'll kill you. Send you to hell. And I was already under enough guilt and shame Smoking dope, drinking beer, yeah. raising hell. And I already knew I was a sinner and I don't need, and there's no sense in me walking into church. I already know I can't live it. Yeah. When I went into the, uh, the, the meeting that night, the preacher stood up and said, God loves you. I had never heard that in my life. Wow. Never. And, I, and naturally, when you hear it, you're like, uh, me? Yeah. Me? I watched the preacher praying for people. Let me ask you a question. How many good people did Jesus pray for? None. How many people he prayed that got healed deserved it? None. There wasn't wasn't anybody even saved on the planet. So it was all mercy. So I'm in a crusade. I'm watching a preacher preach good news, preached on Rahab the harlot and the scarlet cord, how God saved a harlot because she threw the blood of Jesus out the window and put a scarlet cord representing blood covenant, and God took her and saved her because of the blood. And and I'm hearing this message for the first time in my life. But then he brings a boy up that is deaf and dumb and basically blind, Mm -hmm. his his glasses look like the bottom of a Coca-Cola bottle. He, and I'm in there's 5,000 people in the building. And I can see his eyeballs from the back of the room. <laughs> and this little kid's scared out of his mind and his mama brings him up there and he's standing there. Preacher put his fingers at his ears and said, open. God opened that boy's ears and it scared that kid. Now you, you say they pay them. That that kid never heard noise in his life. And everybody's clapping. And, he's, and the kid is backing up. Because the, all of a sudden the world is thundering. Yes. Yes. And, the, and the preacher brings the boy back up. And takes his finger. And licks it. And sticks it on his tongue. And tells the spirit of deaf mute devil to come out of that boy in the name of Jesus mm-hmm. and then he turned him to the crowd and said say baby little boy don't know English yeah. it's foreign language yeah. and he goes baby Amen. and I'm a sinner yeah. and I lost it sure. I'm like that is a good God yes. mm-hmm. well I started praying for me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> because whether you understand it or not, but when you grow up being picked on all the time, you take karate so people will quit picking on you. Yeah. And you learn things like how to punch mm-hmm. and block mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff. Well, in the middle of taking karate, I pulled a muscle in my neck, cut off the oxygen of my brain, and I had headaches. For over six straight months without letting up, and because I'm smoking three packs of non-filter Camels every day, my sinuses are running non-stop. I'm sick as a dog, and I bowed my head and I said, "God heal me." Yeah. And you know, you're you going to get in the line. Well, that was when the devil said, "Well, if he heals you, you got to stand up." And y'all know the rest of the story. And, and, and the Lord, and so the devil said, you've got to stand up. And I went, oh, I don't want to stand up and be embarrassed in front of everybody in this building. And the Lord spoke. Now, I didn't know it was the devil in the Lord. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know anything going on. This is crazy to me. I just know I heard someone preach, and I saw a kid get healed. And now I'm praying, and my head is screaming all kind of stuff in it. I didn't know the devil's talking. And God said to me, he says, you're the weirdest dude in this whole building. You have a beard to your belly, hair down to your shoulders, blue jeans with holes in the knees, which means I was vogue in the 70s. I am way before my time. I gave up that.
1: That look.
0: That look. You should, too. Go from rags to riches, kind of. Okay, never mind. So I'm sitting there, and, I, and the Lord says, when did you start worrying about what people think about you? And I thought, I don't care what people think about me. And it dawned on me that I'm not going to receive my miracle because somebody would, what, what would people say? And I bowed my head, and I said, God, I'll make you a deal. I did I'm desperate. You draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. I said, if you heal me, I'll get up and go down front. And that preacher stopped preaching and pointed at me. And, and I'm, I don't know what I know now. And he said, thus says the Lord. There's a young man back there just said this to God. And I'm back there, and this is what's going on in my mind. That was really none of your business.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm like, who told you? And then I got, maybe God told him. And I jumped up from my chair and I said, Praise God. And God healed me. Mercy. Mercy. Pure mercy. I didn't deserve it. I got up and went to the front and got born again, prayed the sinner's prayer, went home, rolled a joint to celebrate being saved. <laughs> got a Bible out and started living for God, I'll tell you. But it was all mercy. I wasn't worth anything I was supernaturally broke didn't have any sense in my head and God loved me when I wasn't worth it now I want you to go to a book of Ephesians with me are y'all alright Ephesians 2, verse 4, God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Mm -hmm. Up until that day, I had never really known God. Mm -hmm. I didn't know he loved me. I didn't know he cared. Mm -hmm. But he showed me I love you. I left different, not because of the sermon I heard, but because of the God I met. Yeah. Yeah. And he showed me, I love you. Yeah. Now, that's the foundation. God, who rich in his mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. When you were dead, you didn't just sin, you were dead. And he loved you. Now, the word grace, we know, means unmerited favor, right? Right. And the word saved is the Greek word sozo. It means deliverance and healing. I'm going to read it to you that way. For by unmerited favor, you have been delivered. How is it you got where you are today? Only because he's good. You did nothing to get here. Now, we're not going to do this today, but later, because I won't get finished today, we're going to talk about how to give away what you have. But you will never give it away if you don't know you have it. You're looking to people. People will disappoint you. Matter of fact, people will disappoint you. As a matter of fact, you'll disappoint yourself. Don't base your worth on what you do. God doesn't base your worth on what you do. There's too many people trying to earn approval. What if you don't earn it? Are you accepted? You're accepted whether you do anything good or not. So I'm going to say something here and I want you to listen. The Bible says, love others as you love yourself. Could that be part of your problem? You don't even love yourself? If God loves you, who are you to talk bad about you? And who am I to tell you whether you have any worth? You need to get off the little hamster wheel trying to be good all the time in order to, right. and we're talking grace now, we're talking grace. You're saved by unmerited favor. Another, another definition of grace is God doing for you what you couldn't do for yourself. You couldn't save you. There's nothing you could do. So if God did that for you when you were nobody, do you think he changed his mind? No. no. He loves you today as much as he ever did. We're the ones that are setting the standard. Now, am I talking a greasy grace? No. Am I talking license to sin? Well, actually, many people are sinning without a license, so that doesn't really matter. Right? But see, you're not going to return love to God if you don't even believe you have any. Okay. Even when we were dead and he made us alive together with Christ, for by grace you're saved. Let me finish reading this. And he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. So that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his unmerited favor in his kindness toward you in Christ. You know how much the blood of Jesus is worth to God? He's going to be showing you Great things in a hundred years, in a thousand years, and a hundred thousand, his loving kindness will never depart from you. For all eternity, he's going to treat you like you never did anything wrong. Oh, there's three people The hallelujah and amen, and we'll get, we'll get to the rest of you up here in a minute. Verse 8. For my unmerited favor, I have been delivered through faith, not of myself, it is the gift of God. There is nothing more beautiful than to wake up in the morning and go, he loves me. He loves me. And you're going to be cranky until you know it. you got to get off the, 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 the work's will. you got to get off of it. God didn't accept you because you're awesome. He accepted you because he's awesome. But it was enough. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus, and God doesn't make junk, for good works that God prepared that you should walk in them. Now, Whatever you may think about yourself, if it's bad, you're wrong. God made you, and he didn't mess up. Now, here's the problem that we have. Listen to the problem. I don't have all of the qualities that I need in life. I have some good ones. But I don't have them all. Mm -hmm. I have a tendency to beat myself up because of what you have and I don't. Mm -hmm. But wait a minute. If you have it, I don't need it. I need you. And And if I have a quality you don't have, you don't need it. You need me. But you have to love me to have my qualities and notice that I have a good one and ignore the ones I don't have. That's called walking in love. Mm -hmm. That's called church. It's called family.
2: Yes, amen. That's
0: good. And you have a tendency to compare yourself with people and go, "I ain't all that." Well, that depends. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. I told a story one time, and I'm gonna tell it again, about how a squirrel and a rabbit and a duck went to school. And they'd never been to school, but they were excited because none of their parents had been to school. They went to school. And the first day of school, the rabbit went, went to track. And he came home excited about school. I love school. I ran track today, and I beat everybody. I beat the duck. I beat everybody. And the squirrel came home and is excited. He said, we had tree climbing. I beat I even beat the duck to the top of the tree. <laughs> and he loved school. But the next day at school, the teacher came and said to the rabbit, you're not doing good in swimming. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have to give you in swimming class because you're not doing very well. Mm-hmm. And the little rabbit almost drowned to death
1: mm-hmm.
0: trying to become a duck. Mm-hmm. And he came home the next day and his mom said, how's school? He goes, I hate it. Uh. Yeah. He said, I flunk swimming.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me say something to you. Why don't you be you?
1: Amen.
0: Why don't you be the you God made you to be?
1: Amen.
0: And quit trying to be the you someone else is. Uh-huh. Amen. You might be married to a rabbit or a squirrel or a duck. I didn't say pig. I did not say pig. You might be married to someone very different, but they're here to complete you, not to compete with you. Lisa has giftings. I don't have them. I mean, she, this girl's so smart. I hate to brag on her in front of it because she gives her the big head. But she can remember phone numbers she called last week and I'm going, I can't remember people's names I met while ago. But I have my qualities. And they're good ones. And there's things she's found out I don't do well. Don't ask me. I don't cut diamonds. I will smash one, but I don't cut them very well. That's enough of that. I don't want to give her any more fuel. Grace is undeserved favor. Listen to this statement. Everyone on earth desires to be loved and accepted. But I want you to know something. You might not get it from people. But maybe you don't have to. God loves you, and he has accepted you in the beloved. You're accepted. You're somebody to God. All right, one more. Life is like salt. Food is bland without seasoning, and life is bland without love. You can have a life, but do you have love in your life? And you don't have any more than you're giving away. And you're not giving it away if you're not receiving it. Come on, y'all. I'm preaching pretty good. So somewhere along the line, we're going to have to go back to basic love 101 and start allowing God to love you. Let him love you. Accept. take it and go, I am loved. All right. Go back to Isaiah 41. Fear not. I am with you, do not be dismayed, I am your God. Now he said, I will never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. Now listen to this, I am your God. You have a God that never leaves, and he's bigger than all your problems.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: You were not equipped to do everything, but God is. So he's identified with you. In the Old Testament, he said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That means don't mess with Abraham. You mess with Abraham, you're messing with me. Don't mess with David, because I'll blow on his rock. And you will die if you mess with my son, David. What do you think he thinks of you? Don't you mess with my child. Amen. I am your God. Uh-huh. And he goes everywhere you go, he goes, and you are the apple of his eye, and say, he loves me. He
1: loves You, he
0: loves you. you have no idea how powerful that is for you to wake up and realize, I don't have a worry in the world. All right, go to Romans 8. We talk about this all the time. I talk about it a lot, but I've, I've decided that I don't care how much I talk about it. I'll talk about it some more. Because sometimes maybe y'all are slow learners. Verse 31. What can I say to these things if God is for me? Who do you think you be? I really don't care what you think. And it don't matter what you think. Now, I know some of y'all don't, there's a few of you don't like Donald Trump, but I'm going to use him for a minute. If you're sitting at dinner with Donald Trump and you have a financial need, and he looks at you and says, I got it. Your fear is done, right? If your dad is God and he says, I got it, you don't have any reason to be worried, and he's bigger than Trump, Amen. because then nobody ever taken his seat away.
1: Amen. 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 Right. Amen.
0: I have a sneaky feeling he's coming back. Him and Arnold Schwarzenegger are both. I'll be back. I just have a sneaky feeling this is not over yet, and it's going to get exciting before we get out of this place. Anyway. Now look at this, if God is for me, who can be against me? Look at verse 32, if he didn't spare his own son for me, if he thought so much of me that he sent Jesus to the cross in my place and delivered him up for us, how shall he not with Jesus give me all things? You know what the problem is? You don't think highly enough of you. I want to ask you a question. How do we know the value you placed on the thing you own? Because you bought it. You paid the price. Am I right? Now, I don't mind buying Lisa nice jewelry. She's worth it to me. I also don't mind buying nice guns. They're worth it to me. So how do we know what something's worth? Now, you walk in a store and they give you the price and you go, nah, I ain't paying that. It wasn't worth it. So let me ask you a question. What value do you place on you? You know what God placed on you? He gave his son for you. That means I don't care who don't like you. That's what God thinks of you. Why don't you think that of you? Amen. oh, I'm preaching good. You see, you're going to have to get over this. I ain't no good image. And I'm going to tell you, if you're looking for someone to help you, you may not find them. Uh But you find God, He's one of the few people that will tell you how valuable you are to Him. So if God is on your side, Do you have any reason to fear? You really don't, do you? People let you down. God will never let you down. That's good. If God is for me, I wake up in the morning and I go, he loves me, he's for me, this is a good day. (laughs) I won't run into a problem that me and God can't fix. And if I can't fix it, he can and he will. What a, what a way to handle life. Now, I didn't always wake up that way. There were times I dreaded. I go to that job. I hate that job. I hate my boss. I hate my job. I hate my truck. I hate everything. Wait a minute. That's wrong thinking. This, God gave me this job and I ate today. And if God is for me, he'll get me another job. And if he don't like it, I don't like this truck. He said, whatever I desire, he'll get me another truck. Amen. 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 Are y'all out there, did you go home? No. Yes. All right. Now, you remember me talking about how I got in this wheel trying to, trying to live for God and to be a, a, a more loving? Uh-huh. You, you know, that's a dead-end road. Yes. One, once he said to me, accept my love for you unconditional it became very easy for me to accept you it became very easy for me to like you mm-hmm. because now I like me
2: yeah mm-hmm. amen yeah. He mm-hmm. you. I had
0: a man not too long ago you heard me tell the story He was a preacher in this city and he says pastor Morgan you are mean now I'm not going to tell you what I'm thinking
1: <laughs>
0: and you're an idiot <laughs> and I've been reading on love you know And it dawned on me that God loves this man. And I looked at him and I said, yeah, sometimes I am. Mm -hmm. First of all, it's none of your business. Mm -hmm. And I'm not for you to criticize. But if I'm looking for people, I may never get it. Mm -hmm. But if I'm secure, he called me and he anointed me. He called you. He anointed you. He accepted you. Now I want you to accept you. And I want you to see the value he sees. All right, we're going to move on. Who will bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who made you righteous. Who is he that is condemning you? It is Christ who died and furthermore rose and is at the right hand of God making intercession for you. He's praying now for you to make it. Do you think he gets his prayers answered? He that began a good work in me, say it. He that began a good work in me will complete it. I am his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. I am, I am a new creation. I am loved. I am loved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Do y'all realize how much fear you've run out of this room since I started? Yeah. No. <laughs> you, I mean, Satan would be hard-pressed to get you afraid after the day. Yeah. All right. Who will separate me from the love of Christ? Trouble? No. No. Distress, no. Persecution, no. Famine, nakedness, peril. Glock 19, as it is written, for your sake we're killed all day and counted as a sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all of these things we are more than a conqueror through him who loved us. Say that with me and go back to Isaiah. I I am more than a conqueror. Now, go back to Romans 8. I wasn't done there. Holy Spirit just tagged me. He just told me you weren't finished. Go back. I want you to look up at the top in the same chapter. Verse 26. Likewise the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession. The word intercession means this. If you get in a ditch... I'll get in it with you, and I'll get you out. He doesn't sit up in heaven and holler instructions. He said, you're in a mess, I'm going to come down there, and I'm gonna. we're going to get you out of that together. So Isaiah, Isaiah, I wanted to do that before I went back to Isaiah 41. Look at this next. See how I'm doing for time. Oh, I'm doing good. Isaiah 41, fear not. I am with you. Be not dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. What does that mean? It means he'll make you equal to the problem. When you read the story of Samson, that's not just an Old Testament story about a man and Delilah. You may forget everything, but you never forgot about Delilah, did you? (laughs) How did he do what he did? Holy Ghost. God will always by his spirit. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Anytime you're in anything, the spirit of God will raise up a standard inside of you and make you equal to the threat. Always. If you lack knowledge, he'll give you knowledge. If he lacks strength, he'll give you strength. And he'll always cause you to be more than a conqueror over your enemy. And we read the story of David and Goliath. And you think that David was a little boy with a slingshot. And this man was a warrior. But God made David more than a conqueror. No matter whether the enemy had trained all of his life. And all David ever did was play with a slingshot. With God it didn't matter. He made him more than enough for Goliath. And he is, that's Old Testament. If he did that under the Old Testament, imagine what he did in a new creation under the New Testament. He says, I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will be with you in trouble. in other words, nothing you're going to face today, no threat from hell that comes against you today, is he not going to make you more than able to take it on and take care of it and walk away with not a scratch on your body. You won't even smell like smoke. And then if that's not enough, he says something else. He said, not only will I strengthen you, but I'm, gonna he- I'm going to help you and I'm going to go to the fight with you. I mean, honey, it's one thing when you go to the fight and you're more than the enemy, but if God holds your hand and says, don't worry about it, I'm with you in the fight, they're going to have to climb over me to get to you, Amen. and you are way more. You're like, oh, my God, help me, Jesus. You ain't got, I ain't got no problems. Amen. Now, listen to me. I realize in America, you got the devil raising his ugly head, and he is not. There's still a guy on the throne. There's still a greater one. There's still the greater one in you. But there's still, Jesus is still seated at the right hand of God. He said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he reigns on high. And he reigns in the affairs of man. And he is Lord over this earth. And he's Lord over your life. And he has the cattle on a thousand hills. And he knows how to get money to you if you need money. He knows how to get healing to you if you need healing. He knows how to get anything to you if you need it and then a devil in hell stop it since Satan is defeated anyway And I understand that the devil's blowing smoke, but it's just y'all remember the Wizard of Oz you remember that old smoking head wasn't nothing but an old man all we got going on in the world is about five old men up in Europe that are about dead anyway, yeah. pushing buttons and yeah. using fear to crank out all kinds of junk, and there ain't nobody up there bigger than Jesus. No fear here. I ain't participating in it. God loves me. <laughs> Say it, I got, I mean, I dare you. God loves me. If God is for me, who you be? Do you understand that newspaper reporters are just stupid journalists? I mean, who died and made them God? Nobody. I mean, they say, we said, and we is who? Who we be. I said to somebody one time, and I I just have to tell you these stories because I'm out at the airport one day and and the man, there was a guy that came up. I don't know who he was. They said he's Benny Hinn's pastor. And I walked up and introduced myself. I said, I heard you're Benny Hinn's pastor. You said, I am. I said, I'm Pastor Daryl Morgan. Good to meet you and talk to him. And I walked away, and a man that calls himself my friend, he said, you you just walked up. And, who? and he said, he, who do you think you are? I said, who do you think I am? Mm-hmm.
1: That's the
2: problem.
0: I said, the problem is, he said, you don't know. Do you know who that guy is? I said, the problem is, you don't know who I am.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I don't I, I don't know where you got your opinion of me, but I got mine out of the Bible. Amen. <laughs> and somebody calling himself Benny Hens Pastor don't. I, I, I'm glad you, you're saved, but you're a heathen on your way to hell till you met Jesus. Amen. And so was I. And I ain't afraid to shake your hand. And and, I do, and that's why I look at people and say, it's good that you met me. I, I'm trying to get you over the fact that I don't think, I don't think little of me. Amen. And you shouldn't either. Now, I've got to tell you one, sto- one more story about grace. Are you all ready? Yeah. The things that God does for you, he does them for you because he's good. Amen. Not because you're good. Right. Until you, you know that, you'll spend your life trying to earn yeah. the goodness of God. Now, now in another week we'll get into you obeying God and loving other people. But for today we're going to talk about grace. Several years ago, I had the joy of going to Haiti and preaching the gospel down there. And um, Justin here knows what I'm talking about. The income in Haiti now, when I was there, it was around a dollar a day. Twenty dollars a month was the average income in Haiti. Now I have a I have 43 students in a room that I'm preaching the gospel to. I'm teaching them how to be preachers. And most of the kids in that room are former street preachers who preached grace, law, voodoo, a little bit of everything. They, their doctrines are so goofy, they don't know what they believe. Because they got it off a of TV. Alright. So I'm preaching redemption and I told, I told the lady that on the Bible school, says, I'm not getting out of here until I get them born again. Because half of them are not even saved. They're not even Christians. So I led all of them the Lord, prayed a sinner's prayer with all of them, got them all born again. And before I left, I said, I'm going to get them all filled with the Holy Ghost. But I, but I, I, I don't have time to, to school them. I got one hour to explain to them I need them to receive the Holy Ghost. Yeah. So the Lord gave me an idea. Mm-hmm. And so I'm opened up to Acts 2-4, I'm preaching on being filled with the Holy Ghost, and I reached in my wallet and I pulled out a $20 bill. Now, I want you to understand something. In Haiti, that's a month's wages. Mm-hmm. And you know what they're thinking? This idiot ain't giving us no month's wages. Mm-hmm. I don't know what his ploy is, but I don't believe he's going to do that. I don't believe that he's just going to hand us. Now, that would be paramount to me pulling two grand out and saying, who wants it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all a little early, but anyway. <laughs> now just listen to my story, because i but this is very, very important. I need them to receive it. It's a gift. So I stood up and I said, who wants this 20? And you, and you get in their mind a minute and realize, that's a month's wages. This guy's not going to hand this. And I said, who wants it? You know, nobody said a word. They just looked at me like, What's he doing? What's he doing? Mm -hmm. And so I pulled it out and I said, who would like this 20? And it's quiet. They're just. And so I started walking to the back and I got toward the back. I said, does anybody in the building want this $20 bill? And there there was a girl sitting right here. And she took her hand and she did this. I do? And she's like, yeah, I'm not, I know he's going to make an idiot out of me, but I really wouldn't like that 20. Mm-hmm. And he is asking. And so she goes, I, I, I would like it. And so I walked back, and I just handed it to her. And when I did, I turned around, and I walked back up to the front. And I turned to all the people in there and I said, I'm not taking that money back. Yeah. And the boys that were sitting here, they lost it. <laughs> and they're just, my God, he walked right by us. He walked right by us. And we didn't, we could have had a 20 And I mean, it's just a big stir on the front row. These, they're like, oh, God, why didn't we take that money? And then I asked a question. I said, why did I give her that money? I said, did I give it to her because she's good? I said, I don't know her. And I gave it to her because I'm good. And I have it to give. I said, God has things to give you. Not because you're good, but because he's good. I said, I'm going to pray for you to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And I want you to lift your hands and take it from God. And when I did, 42 out of 43 Haitians stuck their hands in the air and started speaking in tongues. And they just reached up into heaven and took the Holy Ghost. And I mean, the place broke out in pandemonium. They started dancing in the spirit shouting, jumping over chairs, and they're not Pentecostal. They don't know nothing about being Pentecostal. Man, the Holy Ghost hit that, and I'm standing there, and I watched the Spirit of God through that building. The wind blew, and man, they were just dancing in the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues, and about about five minutes later, it all subsided. And a wind blew again, and they took off again. And finally I sat down and I went, God, you got this. I don't know what to do with the meeting now. You done tore up the meeting. Why did he do that? He's good. Why did he save you? He's good. Why are you now trying to earn it? Why don't you rest and go, He loves me. He loves me. You're going to be surprised at how loving you become when you accept it. And all of the things you've been trying to be, your struggle ends in grace. Say it again. God God
1: loves.
0: loves. Say, I don't have a care. I don't have any worries. He's got it. He's in me. He's with me. He'll never leave me. (laughs) Say, no fear here. You have no reason to be afraid. While you're on this planet, now the world does not know what I just said. They're not saved. They have every reason to be scared. You know why they're afraid of dying? They're going to hell. They don't want to get COVID. If you get it, just get healed. I am healed by faith. It is by unmerited favor I am healed. Not of works, lest I boast. I just lay there and go, thank you. (laughs) Glory to God. You'd be surprised at how nice you become. (laughs) One more scripture I want you to say. I am accepted in the beloved. God's accepted us. I know you're enjoying my sermon, but let me tell you a secret. You don't learn this listening to it once. You've got to get these scriptures out. I want you to get rooted in love. Get rooted in it, in grace. Because there's a day the Lord will speak to you and say, I have something for you to do. You're not earning anything. You're just working with God. I don't want you back on this treadmill trying to get God get God get God get God get God get God, get God. I just want you to rest in God and let him be God and then be willing to obey him and love ugly people because you be ugly too so it became very easy for me to start loving people when I stopped trying to when I stopped trying I got off the treadmill it became very easy to be patient God's patient Became very easy to be kind. He's kind with me. Became very easy for me to love this woman that God gave me as my wife. She's imperfect. But I'll tell you what, God is perfect. God meets all of my needs, not Lisa. And so now I can give everything to her. And I don't look to her to meet all of my needs. I look to God to meet my needs. If she meets them, she does. If she doesn't, I still love her. Now, this becomes a whole lot easier isn't this fun yes. father god i want to thank you this morning as we but the old tone pando. there is some now there's the there is some there there's a whole lot more that you need to know but this is the beginning this is the start this is the foundation I love you. That's where this begins. Don't lose sight of this all of your life. And you'll never struggle with faith again because now you understand that I've conquered hell and defeated sin. And you understand my relation to you. Now you can be all I've called you to be because you've accepted I love you. Father God, I want to thank you. Father God, thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Father, there's people sitting in the room right now that are having a hard time because they don't like themselves. They've missed it. I'm going to ask you to wash them in the blood. I want you to get them over a sin consciousness this morning. I want you to forgive them. I don't want you to strengthen them and to help them live for you. And help them not to be afraid to accept your love. Them being imperfect. And some of them have missed it many times. I pray that this would become a revelation and not a sermon. That this church, our motto is we love God. We love people. We love life. Today, we're going to walk in this this saying. And we're going to start off a brand new spiritual year today by allowing you to love us. And from that, we'll build I pray right now for the blood of Jesus to wash sin away. I pray for bodies to be healed sitting in this room. And I take authority over all fear in Jesus' name. Now do you know why God wants you in church? Folks, There's no anointing in the workplace. They're just sucking the life out of you. You come in here, He puts life in you. You got this?
2: Praise the Lord. Amen. Psalm 37 says, cease from anger, forsake wrath, fret not. It only causes harm. He said, trust in me and feed on my faithfulness. If you're not feeding on the goodness of God or the faithfulness of God... You got, you got some worrying going on. Amen? You may not be able to change everything, but you can change some stuff in prayer. and You can change some stuff by trusting God. Jesus said, as the Father loved me, now I love you. Then later on in John 16, 27, he says, now the Father himself loves you. Why? Because you loved me, and you believe I came from him. So if you believe Jesus came forth from God, God loves you. The Father God loves you. He's not up there sitting with a stick ready to whack you. Jesus said, my own dad loves you. Why? Because you love me. And you believe he sent me to you. Amen? If you're here this morning, if you never received the love of God and said, Jesus, be the Lord of my life, you are going to hell. Not because God wants you there. It's because Heaven is the absence of darkness. It's the absence of sin. Hell is the absence of love. Love can't go to hell. God can't be in hell. If he went down there on vacation, he'd come right back out. Amen? There's no love in hell. And there's no sin in heaven. And all you have to do is receive him by faith. Receive the love, receive the blood. He shed his blood through love. So as my altar workers are coming forward, if you've never done that, receive him today. Today is the, sal- the day of salvation. He said, don't wait. There's no guarantee for your life tomorrow. If you, if you get in a car wreck, you're gone. You're in hell forever and you never made Jesus Lord. Make Jesus Lord today. Make that surety today. And if you have a a prayer request or a need for any other reason, if you're a guy, you feel comfortable, go to the guys. If you're a girl, you feel comfortable going to the girls. You come up here, and they'll get an agreement with you. And Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give to you. Sometimes you just need agreement. If any two agree on earth is touching anything they ask, it shall be done for them. It shall be done. That's what he said. So, you just get an agreement with somebody, and here they are. They'll take some time with you. Amen. The rest of you can uh, leave quietly through the doors. We got a couple of.